All right, and we're back. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, DJ Boom. We're back for another special episode of the Fresh Start Podcast. I'm sitting here with co-host Deco and special guest Libby Love. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How's your uh, weekend going so far? Um, It's going pretty good, you know, with all the stuff that's going on. Just, you know, remaining positive and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. usual. We'll definitely get into um everything that, that's going on. But as far as right now, um, tell everybody what you do. Um, so I, my name is Libby Love, as he stated already. Um, I am a poet and I am a rapper, or you can say, you can call me an artist. Um, pretty much, yeah, I'm a writer too, so. So wait, like when you were talking about like artist, rapper, like why was there like kind of like this apprehension? Because, you know, some people, you know, for me, artistry, I wouldn't say I've gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know. People know me as, you know, the girl who can rap. So, you know, people who don't know me yet, you know, they'll consider me a rapper. So, you know, for those who know that I do poetry and know that, you know, I write raps as well, they would consider me an artist. But for those who just know me for doing raps, they'll call me a rapper. Okay. Now, when you say you, you don't think you're to the artist level yet, what does that mean? I have a long learning <laughs> process to go. Um, mm-hmm. I started off, like I said, with poetry. Um I'm kind of getting my feet wet with rapping. You know, I started um, writing poetry again um, four years ago, and I actually started rapping three years ago. So, you know, I don't feel like I am established as an artist, you know, looking at the other artists from Savannah who are making music and stuff like that. I'm kind of transitioning, so, yeah. Okay. So what, uh, what originally inspired you to get into writing poems and making music? Um, writing poems, I've always been a writer, like I've always been writing ever since like elementary school. I was the kid who, you know, if you needed me to write your assignment, I would do it. Um, mm-hmm. If you needed, um, we, we had competitions, writing competitions, I would be the one, you know, entering in them writing stories. And I was always a storyteller. Um, when I got in middle school, I started to transition from just writing, you know, in general to poetry. And I would only merely write when I felt a certain emotion. Um, I remember when I was in seventh grade, I stopped writing because um, one of my teachers, um, she said that she would, you know, submit one of my writing pieces. And at the time, I didn't know that deep was a thing. Um, It was just being introduced to my school, which was during middle school. So I didn't really know much about it. But when she mentioned it to me, she was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, submit it, you know, and it'll get a newspaper and, you know, stuff like that because it was popular at the time. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I never seen that poem again. And I don't even have a clue what it's about. So I stopped writing. That really had, you know, broke my heart. Because, you know, I really worked hard on that. I knew what it wait, was about. Wait, so wait, wait. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Make mm-hmm. sure, I'm just trying to make sure I understand the, the story. So wait, you submitted a poem? Mm-hmm. To my teacher. To your teacher. And what happened? She said she would get it published for me. And I never saw it again. Oh, okay. And you didn't have okay. a copy of it no. or anything? No. I, mm-hmm. I, I used to write on paper. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about it. And she said she would get it published for me. And she took it, and I was like, okay, 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 you know, maybe this may be an opportunity for me to get my, you know, writing on display, Mm -hmm. you know, at a bigger platform, and I never saw it again. Mm, Okay. Never saw it again. And And what what age were you when this happened? um, In seventh grade, I was 12 turning 13, or, yeah, I was 12 turning 13, yeah. Never saw it again. do you have uh, family members that, or is your family into music Um, and poetry? Yeah, um... Hmm. My oldest brother, he passed away. Rest in peace, boom, baby. Um, he was rapping at the time that I was trying to learn how to rap. My dad used to rap back in the day. My little brother was rapping at the time. My uncles used to be in uh, rap groups. I had a whole bunch of different types of writing styles, and you know, I kind of just leached onto that. And I remember just sitting my dad down. I was like, 
I want to rap in my freshman year. And he was like, you want to rap? I was like, yeah, I think I could do it. Why not? And he was like, well, what do you want to rap about? Like, what would be your approach? Like, what would you stand for? Pretty much what, what he was acting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, um, I don't know. I want to be something impactful, but I can't think of it. I just really wanted to. I was just thirsty to rap. I just yeah. wanted to be the person on the scene in the midst. You know, everybody's just looking at me. I just wanted to be in the midst of, you know, being seen. And he was like, well, you have to stand for something in order for somebody to acknowledge you. And I remember just sitting down for three years of my life, um, when in my freshman year, all the way to my senior year, and studying the art of writing and studying the art of poetry and studying the art of, you know, artistry in general. And from that moment, I fell in love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Who are some of your uh, favorite poets? I like Maya Angelou a lot. Um, I appreciate her. I like Langston Hughes. He's really the reason why I started rapping or started writing poetry again in my freshman year because I was going to fail my freshman literature class and um I had a 69 and I was going to be kicked out of Savannah Early College and I remember my teacher we were studying Langston Hughes's um another role not taken and she said okay we have to write an assignment I'm like okay like whatever I don't want to do this like whatever but I had a 68 in the class I was like oh I have to pass this class I don't want to get kicked out so I remember she said we had to write a poem over the weekend it was a Friday we had to write a poem and we had to submit it Monday, and we had to recite it in front of the class. Mind you, know, I never had any experience in performing in front of people. I never had to talk in front of people. I always get anxiety just reading in front of, like, telling me to read a page in front of the class. I would get anxiety. I would just chicken yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, do I have to? She said, if you want to pass this class, then yeah. So I was like, oh. I remember going over the weekend, and that was when I met uh, Leek. Um, his name is 13 Leek on Instagram. I remember I met him in my freshman year. And I remember writing my first poem again. It was called My Friends Depression, Rejection, and Neglection. And I read it in front of the class, and my performance was awful, but the poem was good. <laughs> so I got a 100, and I boosted that 68 to like a 83. I was just about to ask, did you, uh, yeah. did you have like stage fright? And Yes, I still do. <laughs> I still do. Um, Stage fright, that was like one thing I kind of overcame, but I'm still overcoming that still today. I still get, you know, anxiety, you know, when somebody calls my name or, you know, when somebody, mm-hmm. you know, okay, next is Libby Love. I still get anxiety, but I have learned to push through that. How do you, how do you like, deal with that? I deal with that, too. So. Uh, I don't know. I have I get like a, this may be sound embarrassing, but I am I get like an urge to pee. <laughs> Dang. I get like an urge to pee, I and I'm like, the and only I run one to. The, that that happened to. No, and I never say anything about it because like everybody would look at me crazy. All my friends would just look at me like, "What are you going to the bathroom for so much?" I'm like, I have to go pee. Like, this <laughs> yeah. Is, I, yeah, I thought it was just me, but um, I would just get really nervous, and my heart would just like beat yeah. really fast. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm going to use the bathroom. And they're like, okay, you've been going for about ten minutes straight. Like, are you okay? Yeah. I'm like, I'll now, be is fine. Is it actually going to the bathroom that helps, or is it just kind of the alone time it's beforehand? The, I don't know. Like, I, how do you? Yeah, like, like. So that's what happens. That's how you feel when you're like getting nervous when somebody mm-hmm. calls your name. But what yeah. do you do to get over that anxiety? Push through. Just push through. Just yeah. Get on the stage and just do what I do. Just so it jumping never, out of an airplane, I guess. It, like literally. You, just, you, you don't just, like airplanes. I don't want to jump out of one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I don't, some people want to do that. You feel no, I me? Do like for sure. and so like once you're up there though, you know everybody kind of. I don't. I don't know if anybody who didn't like say, "Oh well." You know, it's a, I was kind of scared. Yeah. But you just kind of just jump. Do it. 
Exactly. And, you know, even before, you know, before um, a performance and stuff like that, I would still get nervous. You know, even when they're calling my name and I go out on the stage, I'm still nervous. But as soon as I open my mouth, all of that goes away because mm-hmm. I know for a fact I have a I have a job I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then after I get off the stage, I'm back to where I was from the beginning, you know, still, you know, nervous and still, you know, anxious, but still wanting more to do more and more and more and do it again and again and again. But the more I do it, the less, you know, nervous I feel. So. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your first experience or your first performance. What was that like? I think my first performance was my freshman year, and I performed a piece called Runaway. And I performed it in front of the school, in front of the whole auditorium, and I had completely just recited my lines over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over until I thought I had it right. Uh, my anxiety and, you know, my nervousness got the best of me that day. So, you know, when I got there... When I got on the stage, I completely forgot every line. Mm. Forgot every line. And the guy was like, hey, like you want me to open the curtains? I was like, no, 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 no. Leave them. Leave them closed. Leave them closed. Please just leave them closed. And I couldn't see. I couldn't see. It was dark. The curtains were, you know, blocking the light. So I couldn't see any of my words. And then maybe about two minutes after I got into that poem, I completely, my mind went blank. And I messed up half of the poem. And I met Frankie, um, Frankie Michael. I met Frankie, and I remember saying, Frankie, I messed up. I messed up. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. He was like, nobody knows if you mess up if you, unless you tell them. I was like, oh. I remember just crying for about 30 minutes straight. I was just about to ask mm-hmm. you, what, what were the uh, emotions like right after the performance? And- I, I was mad as fuck. Yeah. I was so sad. I was so sad. I was sad. I was so sad. Um, I remember just crying and, you know, at the time that the performance was over, it was the end of the day. And I remember just getting, just walking to my bus, just crying. And I cried for about half the day. I was like, everybody knew I messed up. And everybody was like, you did so well. And I remember just, like, just shoving every, all the people in my, you know, in my, you know, di- my direction to get to the bus. And I remember just moving them out of the way, like, move, move. I don't want to talk. And they were like, you did so well. And I was just like, please just don't touch me. And I was crying. And my dad was like, it's okay. Like, this is just the beginning. And then, then that's when I met my mentors. And my mentors helped me, um grow more as like you know performance wise and they used to book me places downtown to perform poetry so you know I continued to do that for like two years now how do you handle these hardships and what is like the frequency of them like is this a once in a while thing or do you stumble upon a like you know every performance here and there you struggle with something and like I guess yeah how do you move forward with those you know um, experiences I think back then, you know, I was a freshman, like I said, and I was like 13 turning 14. I was still a kid. And, you know, now I'm I'm much more older now. So it's just like now just I take things with a grain of salt. Even if I mess up, I can mess up a whole poem and you will never know because of how I do it and how I um, push through it. Like I can mess up and I can say the same line over and over and over and over and over until I make you feel me and then I'll end it. Because I learned, I know when I was in deep, deep really trained me how to push through um Messing up, but never letting the audience know that. So now I don't take it as hard when I mess up or fumble. That's what's up. Who are uh, some people that you look to as influence or inspiration in the industry today? In the music industry? Yeah. In the music industry? Um, I think Kendrick specifically. Mm-hmm. Kendrick was a big uh, aspect in me studying the art of wordplay and studying the art of, you know, just using my words and flipping words and making it sound completely different, you know. I they, can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, was a, see that. he was a huge impact in that, you know, in the storytelling aspect, whether it was wordplay. I 
study his format and you know I'm kind of the product of that people were saying um he was a big aspect um outcast outcast was a big mm-hmm. aspect too um my dad used to play him all the time so I know every song back to back to back um they were a big impact and I think um who else uh, I would say Dr. Dre too Dr. Dre. Dre. Yeah, he's interesting. I like his story. So, and his music too. He's pretty dope too. But Kendrick specifically was, you know, a big mm-hmm. aspect. So, it's pretty clear that, you know, in your own music, you like to be lyrical and, you know, work off wordplay and stuff like that. Is that the same as far as the music you like to listen to, you know, in your free time? No. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's crazy. Um, a lot of my homeboys, when they like, um, I would never let them get in the car with me. Why? Because they will completely just they think I'm an oxymoron. Yeah, they will think I'm an oxymoron because I listen to a lot of pop music. I listen to a lot of, um, who do I listen to? I li- listen to a lot of DJ Snake, DJ Mustard, like the complete opposite. I don't really listen. When I first was studying the format of, you know, writing and stuff, like that, I listened to Kendrick Lamar a lot. But when I mastered that, when I felt like I have mastered that enough to move on, I expanded my music, you know, desire. So... I listen to a lot of like t- Taylor Swift. Uh, I listen to like I don't know a lot of people, like a lot of mm-hmm. like singers, like women mm-hmm. singers. So, so if you could get one feature from anybody in the industry right now, who would it be? Kendrick. Nah, that's kind of a given. Not, not Kendrick, though. Not Kendrick from Other the other side. Kendrick. Okay, it can't from be on your top list. Okay, I would want a feature from Tierra Wet. Okay. Oh, okay, that would be hard. I can see that from Tierra Wet. I can see that. Who are your top? How how do you feel about like female rappers in the industry right now? What are your thoughts on them? Um from my perspective, from you know, from my standpoint of what I stand for music wise, um, you know, it's it's a it's a very big split in between, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sex appeal and then, you know, also, you know, just being lyrical. I feel like both are beautiful in their own way. You know, you have the women who, you know, admire themselves and you have the women who's gonna give you some shit but they admire themselves too i feel like it's sex appeal and intellect yeah yeah that's kind of how the division line mm-hmm. is yeah mm-hmm. and i mean like i feel like i like both either mm-hmm. way because you know at the end of the day obviously they didn't want something good for people to acknowledge them but you know for what i stand for i don't think i could you know Jump over be to the other side. <laughs> yeah, I will, but I'd be yeah. interested in seeing somebody be able to do that. Like I feel like play both sides. Yeah, I feel like any of the sex appeal rappers, it would be hard for them to go on the conscientious side. And I think that's what it. W- I think that's the big, you know, the big jump because mm-hmm. you know, if you're on one side, people are going to expect that from just that's it. If you're intellectual, an intellectual woman, a lyricist, they're going to only want to expect that. Like yeah. you wouldn't expect Rap City. You know, hopping over to. But at the same time, I think we can. We're gonna get there at some point. I think we'll definitely. We can look get at there. that in the same light as Drake. You know, Drake can do some very poppy stuff, but at the same time, Drake can lay down some bars. But I think it's a double standard for men and women. It's. It's a yeah. I think it's as a, a female standard, rapper. But at the same time, I also feel like nowadays people are embracing, you know, uh, women empowerment and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, but I still think that with women, there's like a. There's, it's a stigma it's around what we should sound like. Yep, and I think that when we talk about within industries, you have to fit into a category or a box that helps you be uh, successful. In yeah, your and attractive really. to that you know group of people that best resonate mm-hmm. to your music and to your style. And it's not so prevalent in the in like male artists. 
Like mm-hmm. male artists can just be rappers. They can just they can just be rappers. Yeah. For the most part. They don't really brand them. How far do you guys think we're away from that? Truly. From like fusing those two. No, from women being able to break free of the double standard. I think that we are not that far from it. It's just hard. I think that we are to the point now where you have artists like Rihanna, right, mm-hmm. who are now stepping into this like now this is what I do role. But it took her a long time to get into this. She role. had like. No, people would, I remember when people, uh, when she first came out and she, I don't know, like people accepted her, but it wasn't like the same level of respect that she has. Now. Well, she had to break out of a contract too. So like a lot of what you're seeing now, the reason why we don't get a lot of music from her is because she ain't really know, like she's not really, she, her, her focus is more into business yeah. and being an entrepreneur than yeah. it is being an artist mm-hmm. and being like a, a full-time music artist. Mm-hmm. But she had to break out of a contract for us to do that. And I think that you see, like, Megan Thee Stallion, it's all over. Like, you know, men and women is a stigma that, you know, you get caught up in these contracts in in the industry. But for women, I feel like it's a lot harder to break into the industry without a contract. Mm -hmm. So once you sign that contract, though, now you're at the hands of of a label that's going to brand you in the way that makes the most sense. So you have those artists now that just fall between the cracks, like Tanashi, like the, no one knows how to brand her. Even Rihanna, like they rebranded her four or five times before they actually just kind of like left her alone. Left her alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have yeah, you have a lot of those people that fall, you know, between the cracks and like who are just hard to brand. And then when it comes to female rappers, mm-hmm. you are either on the sex appeal side or you are on the intellect side. Mm-hmm. Now, in your own personal uh, experience, have you struggled with trying to make moves in your career, taking the path of the intellect instead of the sex appeal? Yes. Uh, when I first came out, uh, when I first started dropping videos, um, I, started dro- I started dropping videos when I was in my sophomore year, but I wrote my first rap in my freshman year. I dropped the video on my Instagram, and people, when people look at me, that's... When people look at me, they look at me and like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, she's beautiful. And then I open my mouth, and it's just like, okay, I didn't expect that. Oh, she's talking a lot. Yeah. She's talking <laughs> way too much. So it's just like um, I kind of had to figure out how did I want to maneuver around that because I still get that, you know, I, know, I still get that. Um, perception, you know, of what I should be like or what I should sound like. Still to this day, people are like, okay, like you, I know you have bars, okay, but you're pretty. Why can't you do this? And I'm just like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. So I still have, I still have that, um, that stigma around what I should sound like, and which is pretty much, um, currently right now, I'm, I'm working on an album, and pretty much that's pretty much what it's about, you know. So we're gonna get into that soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, more questions for Libby Love. Stay tuned.